Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, it's great to be in the house of the Lord tonight and offering ourselves to the Lord. Let's look to the Word of God. It may be that somebody here needs this Word of the Lord tonight. Title out of weakness, we're made strong. We're made strong is good too, though. Out of weakness, we're made strong. The luck of the Lord came upon me. 2 Corinthians 12, 1 to 10. It's quite the passage. These verses, the Apostle Paul says, It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. He's saying it's necessary in this circumstance with the Corinthian church, but he said to boast is not a profitable duty. But he said it's doubtless not profitable for me to boast, but he said I've got to come to visions and revelations to deal with some excess that was taking place. He said I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven, the very presence of God. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. How he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, heaven itself. It says, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast, except in my infirmities, in my weaknesses. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, so lest pride would creep into my life. Independence. Said a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure, lest pride would creep into my life. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. He says, I'm living for the Lord. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I will boast in my infirmities. I'll take pleasure in distresses, in needs, in reproaches. As I walk out my life in Christ, he said, God is working a purpose. He talks about the spiritual warfare that was involved. Now he said, it's, it's necessary for me, though not profitable, to boast of an experience I had. He said, I've, I'll come to revelations and visions of the Lord in my life. See, there were some Corinthian believers who were puffed up. 
They were boasting themselves in visions and revelations and speculations. Some in Corinth were even tussling against the apostle himself and feeling they were even more spiritual than the apostle Paul, the man who was chosen to document the New Testament revelation. He said, it's, it's not profitable for me to boast in what I've experienced in the Lord, my spiritual experiences, but he says, on this occasion, you've compelled me. I have no recourse. He's so reluctant to boast of himself that he speaks of himself in the third person. He said, I, I know a man in Christ. Uh, I know of such a man. And further, his reluctance is shown in the fact that he reiterates this vision and this revelation upon his life. He says, I'm, I'm hesitant, I'm so negligent in this, he said, because I don't want to be appear as one that is puffed up. But he called upon the name of the Lord and he began to speak to the people of his own revelation. He said, I was caught up into the third heaven. I was caught up into paradise. He said, I, I'm so reluctant to speak about it that I'm going to tell you that I don't know whether I was in the body or out of the body. So I'm not going to speak about myself, but I'll, I'll boast of what the Lord did in my life on this occasion. He says, I was caught up into paradise. I was caught up into heaven itself. He said, I saw the glory ahead. I saw the heavenly glory. He said, I heard things that it's impossible to translate into human terminology. He said, I can't even speak about it. I couldn't even describe it in language that people would understand in the earth. He said, when it comes to revelations and visions and predictions, the Apostle Paul is advising us to be careful. Some believers, sometimes we can get too fanciful, we can get too subjective. We can speak of things and make declarations and predictions and they just fall to the earth because we're ahead of ourselves. Look what Paul said in Colossians 2, 18 to 19. He said, let no one cheat you of your reward. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels intruding into those things which he has not seen. Is it possible for a believer to intrude into things which they have not really seen? And the answer is yes. Intruding into things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. It's possible to be puffed up. It's possible to make predictions and have visions and revelations and intrude where we shouldn't and get beyond ourselves. How many predictions, how many statements have we made? God said this, this is the will of the Lord, and Nothing really materialized, and we maybe didn't even walk it out ourselves. It didn't come to pass. The Apostle Paul is saying, when it comes to predictions and visions and revelations, be careful. If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. How many predictions have been made over the years of time? 
predictions, end time events, and what's going to happen in the world, and political situations, and the rise and fall of kingdoms, and time and time again, people that were so consumed with their interpretation, utterly convinced, they now held in their hands a key that no one else ever held to discern the times, and time and time again, proven wrong. The Apostle Paul says, when it comes to visions and revelations and predictions and declarations, he said, be careful. Be careful. But he said, when it comes to spiritual warfare and your enemy, you be precise. You be clear. You be calculating when it comes to the enemy. 2 Corinthians 12, 7, he said, Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Paul understood the warfare. He knew how to pinpoint the very attack against his life. He said, in your predictions, in your visions, your revelations, be careful. But in your warfare, be calculating, be precise, be accurate, be clear. 1 Corinthians 9, 26, he said, Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. Not as one who beats the air. He said, I make my punches count. He said, I know my opponent. I know my adversary. I know the devil in my life. I know the punches he tries to throw at me. Now, he doesn't throw the same punches at every person, but he throws punches. And Paul says, I have studied my opponent. I know my enemy. I know how he tries to attack me. I know the punches he tries to throw at me. But he said, I have learned because I've studied him and because I've warred out this warfare in my life and watched it over time. He said, I know how to ward off the enemy. I know how to deflect his blow with the shield of faith, and I know how to hit him with, and it is written in the word of God, and it is written. Warfare of the enemy. When it comes to revelations and visions, be careful. When it comes to warfare, be calculating, be precise, be concise, pinpoint the very attack of the enemy against your life. Now the Apostle Paul, then the Apostle Paul began to speak of his weakness. And I'm so glad he did. Some people don't want to admit weakness. Some people don't want to talk about weakness, but the Apostle Paul talked about weakness, and I'm glad he did because he showed us how to live. He showed us how to handle our weakness. He wants us to be precise. Look at Ephesians 5. He says, therefore, he says, awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, that is, carefully and accurately, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I mean, he's talking for that precision. He's calling for that precision. To look at ourselves, to know our enemy, to know who we are, 
to know the battle that's directed against us, sometimes on a daily, sometimes on an hourly basis, to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. He said, I know my enemy. He said, I know my weakness. Now, 2 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10, he said, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. See, he was under attack. The enemy was against him. He was in spiritual warfare. But he's, he went into the presence of God and said, Lord, help me understand this warfare, how I can handle it, how I can triumph. What am I to do with it? Lord, break this warfare that's against my life. I don't want spiritual warfare. Well, the Lord said there's spiritual warfare in this life. He said to him, he prayed three times and it might depart. And the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We now have to learn how to handle our weakness, our human infirmity, the vulnerability we feel at times in our life, or it can take us out. Some believers, when they face their weakness, fall to despair. Some, when they face their weakness, give up. Some, when they feel their weakness, seek an easier way of life. Retreat to some more manageable way to live. But there is a purpose in our weakness. There is a purpose in our weakness, and that is to show us our dependence on God. It keeps us from pride. It keeps us from walking our own way. And if we will be wise, we will fall on the presence of the Lord every time we feel our weakness. There's a purpose in it to lift us up. There's a promise of God in it that he will strengthen us. And as we submit our weakness to the Lord, those times when we have feel that weakness come upon us, we don't know what to do. It's like the strength is out of us. We're facing distresses. We're facing needs. We're facing trial. We're facing difficulty. We're facing emotions and feelings that come against us. If we will cast ourselves in the presence of the Lord, the power of Christ will rest upon us and lift us and lift us. Hebrews 11:32, And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, attained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness, were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Wow, some incredible works. Subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, valiant in battle. But that phrase right there, out of weakness were made strong. Apostle Paul, what do you do with your infirmities? What do you do when you feel weakness? Feel like you can't go on sometimes. The persecution, the warfare, the struggle. 
the needs, the distresses, the necessities. He said, oh, I, I, I glory in my infirmities. I glory in my weaknesses because it's a sign to me, it's a reminder to me that I've got to surrender myself into the presence of God at this very moment, whatever I face, so that the power of Christ can lift me and rest upon my life. Jesus said in Matthew 26, 41, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit in us is willing. We want to walk in victory. We want to serve the Lord. We want to overcome. We want to walk in triumph. We want to live in the promises of God. Jesus said the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The weakness that we feel is in our flesh. It's in our humanness. The promises of God are there. The power of God is there, we know. But the weakness we often feel, it's in our flesh, Jesus said. Now, he's not speaking about bad flesh here. Flesh is used, the word the flesh, or the term the flesh is used in a number of ways in the Bible. Number one, it's used in reference to the human body, the flesh. Simply the human body, flesh and blood. It's used in a negative way of the sinful nature, carnal nature. The works of the flesh are these, strife and immorality, and cursing and bitterness and resentment, complaint. But then there's just simply the flesh, which is our humanness. Jesus warned his disciples, and particularly Peter, Peter, he said, the spirit indeed is willing. You have the right desire. You have a godly motivation. But he said, your human nature is weak. There's a weakness in it. He said, watch and pray. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. When we feel that weakness, when we don't know how to go on, when we don't know what to do, we have to cast ourselves into the presence of the Lord and call out on God and let him strengthen us and let him work in us. We know what happened with Peter and the disciples, but Peter in particular, he didn't watch and pray. No, he wasn't sinfully minded. It was just his human nature in that moment that brought him down because he wasn't watching and praying. He wasn't precise. He wasn't watching over his spirit and over his warfare as he should. And he fell to denying the Lord, and the rooster crowed, and tradition says that for the rest of his life, Peter wept every time he heard a rooster crow. He knew he was forgiven, but how he regretted that he had disappointed the Lord how he regretted that he had denied the Lord and hurt the one that he loved so dearly and the Son of God who loved him. Jesus said, watch and pray. If we will, in our weakness, when we feel our human weakness, if we will surrender and watch and pray and call on the name of the Lord, the Lord will be able to do some amazing things through our lives. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the human nature is weak. Watch and pray. Paul said, I will glory in my infirmities. I will boast of my infirmities. I'll boast of my weakness that I feel, my inability on my own, on my own power and my own will, because in that, I will surrender myself to the Lord, and I will feel the power of God begin to fill up my life. 
Judges 16, 17. Samson and Delilah, he told her all his heart and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been separated to God. I've been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. I don't want to be like any other human being, do you? We want to live in the power of God. Then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and I will be like any other man, devoid of the power of God devoid of that spiritual impetus, that passion, that fervency for the Lord. You know, it may be that we're facing weakness at times because the anointing isn't strong enough on our life. We feel weakness. The anointing is strong, isn't strong enough. Not enough fasting prayers. Not enough watching prayers. Not enough time in the Word. Not enough time in the presence of the Lord. Samson did not guard the anointing on his life. He didn't do the things that would keep him in strength, and he became weak as another man. He was broken out by the enemy. How important it is to guard the anointing, guard the anointing, so that we don't live like ordinary human beings, but we live lifted up in the power and might of our God at all times. When you feel your weakness, Go into the presence of God. When you feel unable, when you feel overwhelmed and overcome, take the Bible, begin to read out loud, begin to confess the promises of God. Spurn your own strength, which is weakness, and take up the power of God. My grace is sufficient for you, Jesus said. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Glory in your infirmities. Glory in what you sense and feel that utter helplessness in yourself at times against circumstances, people, situations. In that moment, cast yourself on the Lord and let his glory rest upon you. My strength is made perfect, Jesus said, in your weakness. Well, let's have the worship team come as we look at 2 Samuel 3.39. David said these words as king. He said, and I am weak today though anointed king. And these men, the sons of Zariah, said a couple of my captains in my army are too harsh for me. The Lord shall repay the evildoer according to his wickedness. Listen to these words again. David said, I am weak today, though anointed king. And these men, the sons of Zariah, are too harsh for me. Are there some people in your life today that are too harsh for you? They're too hard for you? And they take the strength out of you? Their words, their actions, the things they do, it's like they take the wind out of your sails. They take the strength right out of you. David, as king, experienced that. He said, these sons of Zariah, they're too harsh for me. They break my spirit. They hurt my soul. They hinder my spiritual victory. 
They're too harsh for me. You know what David did? He cast himself on the presence of the Lord. One of the great keys of David, one of the great keys of David is that every time his back was against the wall, every time it was trials, circumstances, enemies, situations, even repercussions to his own wrongdoing, he fell into the presence of God. He surrendered, he surrendered, he surrendered. In that weakness, in that weakness, he surrendered to the Lord. And at the end of his life, you can read the words in 2 Samuel 22 and in Psalm 18, so powerful. David said these words, The Lord has delivered me from the strivings of the people. He has kept me the head of the nations. He said, I continue to rule and reign in life because he knew how to take his weakness and submit it to the Lord and be, and be lifted up in the presence and the promises and the power of God. Let's stand together tonight as we close out with Isaiah 40, 28. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? He neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's the way for the people of the Lord. That's the way of life for us. I trust tonight, perhaps there's been a discernment in your own heart. Holy Spirit showing you the enemy attack against your life, how he works to get into your mind and your feelings and your emotions. How he seeks to break you, hold you back. But you understand the warfare and you're not going to beat the air anymore. You're going to give the knockout punch. You're going to take the scripture. You're going to know what to say against the enemy at any given moment so you're not taken down and you spend a day struggling in yourself. But you can deflect his onslaught. You can deflect his attack almost immediately. You're so quick to discern. When it comes to predictions and visions and revelations and interpretations, be careful. But when it comes to your warfare, be clear, be accurate, be precise, be calculating against the enemy of your souls. And part of our warfare is we do feel our weakness. Let's accept that weakness. Let's, let's recognize that weakness and turn and cast ourselves upon the Lord and allow him to lift us up time and time again for they that wait on the lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall walk and not be weary they shall run and not faint teach me lord teach me lord your ways hallelujah hallelujah